Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Serenity Prayer by Reinhold Niebuhr. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dominate Test Prep podcast. I am Brett Etheridge, host of the podcast, founder of Dominate Test Prep, and it is good to be back with you. I feel like it's been a minute since we've done an episode, and it has been, so let's go ahead and make this one extra special, and in a way it is, right? This is episode 50, so thank you for being here. I know that's like a nice round number. It's a big number. When I started the Dominate Test Prep podcast a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, we'll get to 100 episodes, no problem. But it turns out it actually takes a lot to put out a good episode, and that's always my goal is to put valuable content, good quality content out there for you guys. And we've done that 50 times now, or at the end of this episode, <laughs> it will have been 50 times. So thank you as always for being here, for supporting the, the show. And in this episode, we are going to talk about standardized tests themselves and why you even need to take them. What good are they? <laughs> Why are they required? Why do you have to take the GMAT, GRE, SAT, LSAT, whatever, executive assessment, whatever your exam you are preparing for, why do you even have to take this thing? And so it's a big question. It's a deep question. It has a lot of facets and possible answers to that question. And in fact, this is, I guess, what I will char characterize as a mailbag question. As you know, often I come to you with answers to some of your questions that you submit or email, direct message me. And this is a very common question that I do get. I'm not going to attribute it to any one person, but I regularly get emails or comments or Facebook messages or whatever to the effect of, uh, why do I have to take this thing? <laughs> like, I can't stand standardized tests. Why do I have to take it? Or I remember on YouTube, and I think I did comment on this on a previous episode once, but uh, a, a viewer, a subscriber to my YouTube channel, basically, literally, his comment was, the GRE is stupid. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, why do you say that? Uh, but I get it, right? I get the sentiment. And so I want to address that. I want to talk to you about that. And if, especially if you're feeling that way, maybe help shape your thinking a little bit. And in fact, I do want to tackle this question for two reasons. Now, let me actually step back and say, look, my goal here is not to defend standardized tests. Obviously, my business is around preparing you to take these things because they exist. They are, in a way, a gatekeeper between you and getting to that next level of your education or your career. And I get that. And you want to do well. You need to do well. And, and they exist. And so let's prepare you well for these tests that you do have to take. And yet, I do recognize there are flaws and faults and understand that sentiment that I expressed earlier that I do hear from a number of you from time to time, and my goal is not to defend them. There's a lot of debate about them right now, and I'm not going to get into all of that. That's not what the purpose of this episode is. But I do want to tackle this question for two what I think are important reasons. And the first is because I do think there is genuine curiosity out there by a lot of people about what purpose the standardized tests actually serve. Why do you need to take these exams? Why do schools think that they're valuable? Why do they require them as part of the application and admissions process? And so I want to give you maybe a little insight into that. But I think the bigger reason is 
that mindset is everything. You know, I'm a big believer in mindset and positivity and the way you view your preparation for your standardized test. And that is so crucial right now, wherever you are in the process, but especially if perhaps you're at the front end of that process, are you coming into this experience viewing your exam, your test as your enemy? Like literally, I think sometimes students have that mindset that this thing is a gatekeeper. I even used that word earlier in this episode between me and my dreams. Uh, I hear this all the time. I'm smart. The standardized tests don't reflect my true knowledge or my true abilities. I'm just a bad test taker. And all of a sudden, you start to malign the exam. You start to make excuses on the front end. You start to view it as your enemy. You become resentful about having to spend time preparing for it, money preparing for it. If you're going to take a course or hire a tutor, the time investment, everything that goes into it. And maybe you don't even think it's a worthwhile exercise to begin with. So now all of a sudden that is clouding your thinking. It's clouding your prep. It's clouding your ability, frankly, to perform your best on test day. If you come into it with that mindset, it absolutely will negatively impact your ultimate outcome. And so I want to talk about that as well. And I want to hopefully shift your thinking a little bit as we understand maybe a little bit better about why the exams exist. That will happen naturally. But I also just want to encourage you and uh, share a few thoughts with you that I think will help. So we are going to get into all of that. I do have five or six thoughts that I want to share with you about the importance and benefits of standardized tests. But first, just a quick listener shout out. We are at episode 50. And uh, and just this last week, one of our listeners, Aman, Aman, if you are listening from India, thank you for leaving the following written review on the podcast. Aman wrote, quote, your sincerity and genuine passion to help others grow is beyond measure. You've been a great source of inspiration for my GMAT prep. Your podcast is a fabulous resource and your efforts to bring ground level relevant content is highly appreciated end quote. He said a few more things as well, but but that's what really, really stood out to me. And, and Amon, thank you for sharing that. That's really encouraging to me as I try to encourage you because that is exactly what we're all about. And it's good for me to know kind of at the 50 episode mark that the goal of the podcast is is hitting its target. So thank you for encouraging me and sharing that. And now let me encourage you some as well as we answer this question. What good are standardized tests? Anyway, and the first thought I want to share with you, and sort of my first answer to that question, is actually that's the wrong question to ask. <laughs> let it go. Just let it go. You know, I, if you watch the Disney movie Frozen, right? If I could sing, I would break out in song right now and sing, let it go, let it go. Okay, I really shouldn't have even attempted that. <laughs> uh, but it's a catchy song, especially if you have kids and you've, you've watched that movie 10,000 times. Uh, but let it, let it go, right? Asking why you need to take your standardized test is almost as pointless as asking why you need to pay taxes <laughs> or why the sky is blue. Like it just is. You just do have to pay taxes, right? You can whine and complain and come up all the with all the reasons why taxes are unnecessary or the government's wasting your money or whatever. But despite all of your protestations, all of your logic and reasons why taxes are stupid, if you don't pay your taxes, you go to jail. <laughs> like you kind of have to play their game at the end of the day, right? Same thing with the standardized tests. 
And so if you get fixated on it, if you are playing all of these mind games and have all of your reasons, that's great. But look, if you're applying to Harvard Business School and they want you to take the GMAT or the GRE to get in and you say, you know what? I don't think I want to or I don't need to. They'll say, that's okay because I have thousands of other applicants who do are willing to take the GMAT and GRE. I'll just look at them, right? And so at the end of the day, you sort of do just have to play the game. And so I would say, just realize that as as the quote at the beginning of this episode uh, said, I strategically chose it. Look, you need to learn to accept the things you cannot change. And at least at the time of this recording of this episode, you know, it sort of is part of the application landscape for graduate school, business school, law school, and it just is. And as long as it is, it's just part of it. You just have to do it. And maybe that'll change in the future. Maybe it is changing. I know some schools are going test optional right now. I'll talk about that as well. But until it changes, it's just the landscape. It's the it's the sandbox that you are playing in. So play in that sandbox and just let it go. Don't worry about it. But now let's talk about some of the reasons why it's part of the playground, why it's part of that landscape. And I think a big thing is it does level the playing field. At the end of the day, it standardizes part of the application process, and that's hugely important. I want you to I want you to think about it maybe from the mindset of a school, and they are receiving, in some cases, like in the undergraduate world, tens of thousands of applications from students from all over the world. Now, it's easy to sit back and say, oh, well, I want to look at all of them holistically and everybody's more than just a number. And okay, that's that's all true. So I'll let you hire enough staff to individually, holistically look at 10,000 applicants or 100,000 applicants or like whatever it is. Good luck with that, right? And so while that might be the goal, having some sort of standard process matters. It's important. And GPA, for example, okay, that's another number. You know, a 3.5 GPA, it's a good good GPA, a 4.0 GPA, a 3.0 GPA, whatever number you're going to choose, that's not really the same at school X as it is at school Y, right? Maybe your high schools are totally different. And if I get a 3.5 GPA taking honors classes at a well-regarded school in, you know, a rich suburb of Washington, D.C., that 3.5 GPA might not be equivalent to a 3.5 GPA from, I don't know, some random student in the Midwest somewhere. I, I don't know. I'm sort of making that up. But the point is, GPA isn't quite a standard across the board as, say, a GMAT score or a GRE score or an LSAT score. You know, a 650 GMAT is the same whether you are from the richest suburb in America or an impoverished region of Africa. And so it gives schools that quick, immediate benchmark that says, oh, okay, these two students are roughly comparable, at least in terms of their quantitative abilities and their verbal abilities or whatever whatever the aspects of that particular standardized test are. So without a doubt, it does that. And, and I can understand that. You can point to flaws and it, it's biased or racist or, okay, that's a debate for another time. Like I said, I'm not defending the, the standardized test. I'm simply saying that from the admission standpoint, that's a big part of why they are required. But 
more than that, and so kind of my third point sort of beyond that is the score does reveal certain abilities, certain skill sets, certain quantitative chops, for example. They reveal that you have what it takes. Like you either do or you don't. Now, your interview skills might show that you have what it takes. Your undergraduate GPA might show that you have what it takes. Um, your, I don't know, your volunteer experience, your transcript, your, okay, fine. They look at more than just your standardized test. So let's also acknowledge that, right? But the test does reveal something. You know, it shows that you have the ability to answer certain quantitative reasoning questions, or you know how to read a passage and answer questions about it. So maybe if your boss one day gives you a big report and asks you to synthesize the data and, and condense it for him and give him the bullet points, like you would know how to do that. You can read for big picture. Like they, it is relevant material. Here's a quote from uh, the Rice Business School, uh, so the Graduate School of Business at Rice University, Rice Business. The admissions officer uh, wrote a long email to one of my one of my students preparing for the G, the GMAT, uh, and I thought part of what he wrote was was really I think compelling and gives some insight into their mindset and makes a ton of sense. And I wanted to share parts of it with you here. Uh, my students shared it with me, and and this admissions officer said the following quote. Scores, such as those from the GMAT and GRE, show if you have the quantitative abilities to shine at Rice Business. So straight from, from them, they view your score as showing that you have certain quantitative abilities. It continues, and remember, even if you qualify for a waiver, so maybe again, this person, this student's saying, ah, oh, well, maybe I can get in without a GMAT score or whatever. Maybe it's test optional, et cetera, et cetera. But this, this admissions officer's writing, quote, even if you qualify for a waiver, you'll have to make a compelling case for your skills in other ways. On the other hand, a test score in our range quickly and definitively says, yep, your rice business material, end quote. So think about that. Okay. Fine. You don't want to take a GMAT, a GRE. You want to skate in under the radar with some other ways of showing your skills. That's fine. But we view the GMAT and the GRE as incredibly valuable. It makes our lives easier. We can look at that standardized score and just know that you stack up or you don't. You're rice business material or you are not. And I can tell you from talking to admissions officers from dozens of other schools around the world, they view it the same way. Point number four, validity studies. They think that because the studies bear that out. There are validity studies for all of these standardized tests. These things have been around for decades, right? Uh, and so they have a vested interest in making sure that the tests work, that they are valid, that they are useful. Otherwise, schools won't require them. And <laughs> it's big business, right? And so you can argue or disagree all you want, but there are decades worth of empirical data showing the validity uh, and the predictive nature, I think even more importantly, of tests like the GMAT, GRE, and LSAT, SAT, validity studies studies on all of these for success in the grad school classrooms. And I would actually take it a step further and share with you something that I heard from one of the California business schools that I do some work with. Um, and I was talking to one of their admissions officers and she said, look, it's not us. Like we were talking about the test optional trend and all of this type of stuff. And she said, look, obviously 
from the admission side of things, we are highly in favor of keeping these standardized tests as part of our admissions criteria. You just heard what the Rice officer said. You know, they're, they're in agreement with that. But they said, look, it's not just us. Our faculty wants them. The faculty is pushing back at the idea that we might not require one of these standardized tests as part of the application because the faculty are then the ones who bear the brunt of the problem if we admit students who really don't belong here, right? And so the faculty, she said, uh, highly, highly want us to keep these things because they don't want people in their classroom who are not qualified to be there. Now, again, you might say, well, figure out another way to tell whether or not they belong. My point is simply that these standardized tests do a very good job of helping to, to reveal that, whether or not you are there or not. And this brings me to really, I guess, my final point and the point that I want to settle on for a little bit, because I think this is the, the more important point that I want to bring to the table from a mindset standpoint. And it really sort of speaks maybe to this idea that, oh, well, standardized tests you know, they don't necessarily show my true abilities because I know I'm really smart and I can, I can get good grades. I just can't take standardized tests. Okay. Uh, but I would push back on that a little bit and say that I'm confident you can. I'm confident that with enough practice, preparation, learning the right ways of beating the test, the type of things certainly that we teach <laughs> in all of our courses here at Dominate Test Prep, like you can do it. You can get a great score. And I would, I would remind you of a quote by Jim Rohn. Uh, if you don't know Jim Rohn, if you don't listen to Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N, he has passed away a few years ago, but I still view him as a business mentor. I have some of his audio. Um, you know, I used to listen to his CDs, kind of dates me a little bit, but now you can listen to his stuff on YouTube or you know, download MP3s or whatever uh, of his content. Uh, and he's just a brilliant business mind, just just a really great motivator and, and speaker. And and he said something that's just always has stuck with me. You've probably heard me quote it before here on the podcast. Uh, but he says, look, don't wish it were easier. Wish you were better. Don't wish it were easier. Wish you were better. And that has really become a mantra for me in my own life. Are you the type of person who's looking for an easy way out? Are you looking for excuses? Or are you the type who says, you know what? I will rise to the challenge. I will better myself to succeed where I need to succeed. And toward that end, view these standardized tests, view your exam, your whatever standardized tests you are preparing for as an opportunity to learn and grow and develop new skills that will serve you well in school once you actually get in and in life beyond. I, I have a student who actually is preparing for the GMAT right now. And she says, look, I, I said, where are you going to be applying? Like, what what's your target score? She goes, oh, well, I just know I probably want to go to school at some point in the future. But um, I just really view this as an academic exercise. I just want to learn something new and see how well I can do. And, and I pushed back a little bit. I said, I said, that's great. I mean, I think that's awesome. Good for you that you're that type of person. But, you know, at the end of the day, you do kind of have to have an idea of what you want to use this thing for, right? There are other ways to stretch your brain and grow. You can learn to do crossword puzzles or Sudoku puzzles or whatever, you know, so there is a balancing act at some point, hopefully you're going to use your score to actually maybe go to graduate school or business school or law school. So strike that balance. But, but I love that mindset, right? The mindset that says, look, 
I am going to prove that I am committed to the process, that I can learn, that I can grow, that I am willing to do what it takes. And also from an admission standpoint, yes, they want to see what that final number is, but more so because of what that final number reflects. You don't get that final number by luck or happenstance or, hey, I just happen to be a brilliant test taker. Eh, 1% of people maybe can just sit down and just get a great score on the first attempt. But 99% of you guys, myself included, by the way, you've heard my story before on kind of my, my standardized test experience, have to work at it and work for it. Uh, here's something else that Rice admissions officer said uh, in that same email to my student. He said, quote, tests also show more than quantitative chops. So yes, the tests do reveal that you have what it takes, that you have the quantitative abilities, for example, in the case of the GMAT. But he said, quote, tests also show more than quantitative chops. It takes time, work, and money to take a test. To us, Rice Business, this translates as commitment. Rice Business chooses and rewards committed learners. And so that, end quote. And that's what the Rice admissions officer was saying, that business schools have that mindset, right? They want to reward committed learners and you doing well on your standardized test shows that you are committed to the process. And I will restate what I said earlier. If you commit to the process, I am confident you can get a very competitive score. I see it all the time. Students who struggle, students who start and their first diagnostic test is really, really low. And they're like, I don't understand. I'm not a dumb person. Like, why can't I do it? Okay, well, let's commit to the process. Yes, is it annoying maybe to have to carve out a, a few weeks or months even of your life to prepare for this thing? Yes, but here's the thing. You're about to devote two, three plus years of your life now to school where you're going to go and have to also rigorously commit and think and study and sacrifice time with family and everything to to get good grades in school so you can graduate and move on in your career. So really view this, and I, I think this is some of the best advice that, that I've ever heard about standardized tests, is um, think about your standardized test as your first course, as your first class in business school or grad school, right? This is your first course. Treat it as such. And if you just sort of adopt that mindset, now all of a sudden it's not a burden. It's nothing to be resentful about. It's, hey, my first course, the first good grade I need to get in business school or law school is getting a good grade on the GMAT or LSAT or GRE and so forth. And so shift that mindset. Don't wish it were easier. Wish you were better. All right. So those are the main thoughts I wanted to share with you. I would also remind you that there are plenty of other tangential benefits. In fact, I did an entire podcast episode a few episodes ago, episode 44, all about, quote, the tangential benefits of a high standardized test score uh, and talked about things like scholarships, right? Certainly, you can get scholarships if your score is high enough. Sometimes, if you're applying for jobs in certain industries like investment banking or consulting, they may actually ask for your GMAT or GRE score on your job application. So there are lots of other reasons to take it beyond just getting into school. But I think 
I think what I have talked about here is more relevant for the mindset that I want you to adopt. Maybe I convinced you with some of the things that we talked about in terms of leveling the playing field and validity studies and all that stuff that, hey, they are useful from a school standpoint. And maybe not. Fine. You can push back. We can debate. Like I said, regardless of what you think about that, hopefully you're shifting your mindset a little bit and starting to view it as an opportunity for you to show that you have what it takes rather than viewing it as an obstacle. And I'll leave you with that sort of in conclusion as we wrap up this episode of the Dominate Test Prep podcast. The real world is fast-paced and rigorous. The business world certainly is fast-paced and rigorous. The legal profession is fast-paced and rigorous. I think you understand where I'm going with this, right? And so is grad school. And so is college. And so is business school. And so is law school. And that is by design. Why do they make law school hard? Because they know that once you get out in the real world and are working 80 hours a week for a law firm you're going to have to be able to hold up under the stress and pressure and time constraints and mental fatigue that comes with that. Same thing with business and grad school and so forth. If you can't handle the stress and pressure of a standardized test, how in the world are you going to handle the stress and pressure of business school or grad school? How are you going to handle the stress and pressure of your career one day? Tests are an efficient way to show your strength, but they are also an opportunity to show what you are made of. Take it as a personal challenge. Are you up for it? Are you up for it? I believe you are. I am confident that you are, and uh, I believe in you. And so it has been a joy as always to be here with you. I will leave you with that thought, let you meditate on that thought a little bit, commit to the process. Once you do, you know where to find us. If you want any help with the actual nuts and bolts and X's and O's and how-to's and strategies and time management to actually do well and get that high score on your standardized test, head over to dominatetestprep.com for all of that information and our course details. But for now, I will sign off of episode 50. It's hard to believe we are here. Thank you, as always, for supporting the podcast, for listening, for leaving those five-star reviews. Share us with your friends, anybody else you know who is preparing to go to graduate school and beyond. And have a great rest of your day, a great week, and we will talk with you again soon on the next episode of the Dominate Test Podcast. Take care, everyone.